good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the People's Patriot Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Wednesday, June 16th, 2021. And this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. Now, I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health. And when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there. If you have any questions about anything, hit the Contact Me button. It'll give you the option of calling and leaving a message or sending an email. Either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours, and we'll do everything we can to get your questions answered and get you on the right track. Now, also, while you're on the site, make sure you hit the Radio Shows tab, and at the top of the page, you'll see the link to our archive page set up through castbox.fm. Over 500 shows there now, and they all have uh, uh, show descriptions. They tell you what we talked about. Uh, There's uh, the ability to share them via email and social media, which we encourage you to do. Send them to your friends and family so that they can learn how to restore their health naturally. There's no charge for any of that. The only thing you ever pay for on the site is the products, and that supports your health and the program. So it's a win-win. Now, if you scroll down a little bit further, you'll see the information about the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And then at the bottom of the page is a link to the Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the chat room. So we encourage you to take advantage of all that stuff. Keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Eurofolk Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies listening in. Nothing we say in the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping-off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. The number to call into the show is 614-426-8787. That's 614-426-8787. One last time, 614 426 8787. Or if you're on Skype, you can send a contact request to Sarge45ACP. That's S A R G E, the number 45, and the letters A C P as in Paul. And mention you're a listener, we'll get you approved. And then from that point on, you'll be able to call in an excellent audio quality via Skype. And uh, that's it for the uh, uh, housekeeping stuff, I guess you could call it. And we're just cleaning up some things here on the screen. So I got everything organized. I can see the chat room, all that good stuff. There was a little bit of a snafu at the beginning of the show. I forgot I had a change that I had to make in the settings for my server streaming software. And the music wasn't there. Uh, I got it switched just in time 
uh, for my opening statement, but trust me, the recording will be fine. Uh, it's just the actual stream uh, was a little <laughs> sluggish getting going. And I apologize for that. That's what happens when you're the chief cook, bottle washer, so-called on-air talent and everything else, plus engineer and all that kind of stuff. Every once in a while, something gets messed up. <laughs> but I caught it, and we got her straightened out in time. As usual, got all kinds of issues going on with people that have taken the uh, coronavirus jabs. I just made up a little graphic this morning and posted it on the... Um, uh, whatchamacallit, um, eh, <laughs> my telegram page. And, uh, I think you get a kick out of it. It's a picture, uh, you know, the walking dead. And I have little COVID-19 vaccinated, uh, things stuck on their chests. And it says walking dead, AKA I've got the Fauci ouchie. They just don't know it yet. And, uh, that's for all those people out there that have unknowingly, uh, taken these injections without doing their own research first. So they got nobody to blame but themselves. And when they get sick and die and all this other good stuff, guess what? It's all on them. And it's a shame, but that's the way things are. But you can go to um, uh, Telegram and get uh, hooked up with the Your DIY Health uh, channel. And that graphic is there. Feel free to share it. I also will be posting it on my Gab and... Um, uh, me we pages today after the show's over and uh, yeah just have some fun with it now also i got a little video here of eric clapton he uh, if you remember a couple of weeks ago i covered the fact that he had uh, basically taken these injections and um, you know had a bad uh, effect and here's a 20 roughly a 20 second testimony that he did on it here we go vaccine took my immune system and just shook it around again. Agony and uh, chronic pain. I went and had the second and that, and then it got really bad. And I, within about a week, I had lost. My hands didn't really work. It's there until I go to bed and I take sleeping pills because I can't sleep because of the pain. And it's a shame that he made the mistake. You know, at first he took the first dose and had problems. And, you know, most people, at least at that point, say, I ain't taking the second one. Well, he did, and now it's even worse. Shame. You know, it's, it's a shame for, you know, and the trouble is, is he's getting all kinds of grief because he's going public trying to warn other people. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, everybody's calling him an anti-vaxxer and they're going after him, uh, all this garbage. It's just, just unbelievable. And I don't know what it's going to take. But, uh, and then here's, here's a little thing with uh, Donald Trump Jr. and uh, what's his name? John Stewart, I think, on uh, the Stephen Colbert show the other day. It's kind of interesting. Uh, of course, whoops, it's going to play stupid little commercials. Uh, I hate when these things do this. Let me turn, I can't turn the volume down on it. This is so screwed up. Uh, I should have downloaded the thing. You know, didn't play any of this garbage before. Where is the volume control for this thing? Now it's a short thing. I just, okay, guys, go. you got to watch this clip. This is John Stewart the other night on Stephen Colbert. So two things. First, you know that John Stewart is much funnier than Stephen Colbert, even though they're both leftists. But a month ago, Facebook 
Instagram, Twitter, the powers that be would have shut you down for this. Now you have an audience laughing along because he is saying what any independent thinker with a brain has been questioning for 18 months. Watch and see for yourself, and I'll be back with some more commentary. Science has in many ways helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was more than likely caused by science. <laughs> there's, there's a chance that this was created in a lab. There's an investigation. A chance? Well, but I, so, I, 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 oh my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. That's just, that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they I, ask I, those scientists, they're like, how did this, so wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no, I, you, you, the wait, name wait, of your lab, wait. if you look at the name, Look at the name. Can I, let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come on. Okay, wait, okay, a, wait, okay. A, wait a second. Wait a what about this? What about this? Okay, amazing clip because, of course, people like me have been saying this for 18 months with no inside knowledge, no scientific knowledge. It just makes sense. Of course, there's a high probability that this thing came from the lab that studies these viruses. About three feet away from the wet markets where they said that it came from. Which was more likely, that this thing came from a bat and it mutated so rapidly and was able to affect people so specifically, or that it came from the lab where they're actually studying these things on a daily basis? Of course that was the case. Of course that was always the most plausible. And I'm not saying it is, because I don't want to get thrown off the platforms, but over the last year and a half, had you suggested this? Left-wingers, their allies in big tech, media, they would have ridiculed you into a corner. They would have silenced you. They would have canceled you for suggesting that COVID came from a Chinese lab in the same town a few feet away from the supposed wet markets where they told you it definitely came from. They would have destroyed you for that. It's mind-boggling, and yet now that audience is laughing along, and it's funny. That same audience, because if they're watching Stephen Colbert, there's a high probability that that same audience would have run you down in the streets for suggesting anything other than the gospel spoon-fed to you by the media. That had nothing to do with science. That didn't have anything to do with common sense. That didn't have anything to do with anything other than trying to hurt Donald Trump, in my opinion, okay? If Trump would have retweeted this, they would have thrown him off a platform. And yet now it turns out, it seems that he was right for questioning these things. Seems like now, because of science, 
the most probable outcome. You know, Occam's razor, the most likely outcome probably is. Now, the most likely one probably is. And people are getting it, and they're laughing at it. Too bad it's a little bit late. China's going to do whatever they can to cover it up. This audience is no longer going to try to run you down in the streets for thinking that. They're going to laugh along, and it's all cute. But we all know what their reaction would have been like. We all know what Stephen Colbert would have done had you brought up this as a possibility a few short weeks ago. Okay, watching him squirm because of the ridiculousness that these morons pushed for so long is a little bit refreshing, but it's too late for so many of those that could have perhaps been helped had we figured this stuff out sooner, had we done something like actually follow science and logic and probability and reason rather than just do whatever we can to try to hurt Trump, okay? Any conservative, any independent thinker, they've been wondering this with almost certainty for 18 months. Now, it's okay. You know, Jon Stewart and Bill Maher are becoming like the voices of reason within the bizarro world of TDS, Trump derangement syndrome affected leftists. They're the ones actually talking about these things. Again, at what other point in time was this not the most likely explanation? And yet, had you brought it up more than a, two weeks ago, Okay, you would have been destroyed and you would have been tarred and feathered by scientists, you know, the Fauci scientists, you know, bureaucrat in a lab coat type scientists, by the media, by the left, by social, you'd be canceled, deplatformed and otherwise. What's going to happen to those people that were hit? Nothing. There won't be an apology. There won't be anything. They'll just wait till the left, next leftist hysteria, not backed by anything other than narrative, comes along and we'll see a repeat of the same thing over and over again, guys. I hope you all wake up to it because someone has to. Okay. And uh, just as a refresh, some of you may remember this, but I played this back on March uh, 13th of last year. March of 2020, uh, when all this stuff was just getting started. And this, uh, the guy speaking is a guy that I, um, he's a, a, an attorney, a high level attorney who is a sub or a contractor for the U S government. He's involved in a lot of the uh, legislation on the coronavirus stuff, the, uh, all the aid packages and all the other junk, um, and, uh, he's got an inside streak or, you know, take on everything that's going on and this is what he had to say i've got a quick couple quick points i want to make i'm going to going to, going to walk through these in, in uh kind of like chronological order first of all the uh chinese coronavirus and do not let people conv convince you that you're being racist to say that that is the accurate uh, term for it the chinese coronavirus was formed believe it or not by a harvard professor who was hired by the Chinese government to make a virus for them. The two people that he hired as assistants for that, one was from Milan, Italy, and the other was from Iran. I'll let you guys figure out what happened. This virus was released in a building. They, can, they know the exact location in the Wuhan province of China. Um, that building had already been classified as a, a biological weapons testing um, uh, facility and they know exactly where it was taken care of. The Harvard professor returned, demonstrated um, uh, symptoms of the virus, 
and the medical facility that Harvard University and the surrounding area has handled it and eliminated it, and it is not spreading. Um, this is your first indication that the virus is not all that bad. It is worse than the average flu, but it is not, it is not um, instantly, uh, you know, catastrophically fatal. Uh, 80% of the people who get the virus do not have any symptoms worse than an ordinary flu. Of the remaining 20%, three-quarters of them, or 15% of the total people that are infected, just have the, a bad flu. What happens with this virus, and since it is a created virus, is it has a kicker at the end of it. When you survive the first, the first run of the virus, if your body is not healthy, it will, as it were, mutate, and you will get hit again by the same virus. If you have expended all of your ability to be healthy, this then will kill you. Those are the people who die, and it, what it does is it puts at risk people who are older, people who are already sick, or people who have suppressed autoimmune um, uh, systems. This is why California and New York and other places with large numbers of drug-using homeless people are so panicked from this virus. Those people are the people that it is most susceptible to. The virus has about a three-week turnaround period. In other words, from the time it starts to the time you've completely recovered is about three weeks. During that time period, and without getting into specifics, you are not um, able to spread for the entire three weeks. But we don't want people counting days absolutely accurately, so I'm not going to uh, give you the exact number that's being thought uh, right now. But understand, once a person is recovering, in a, and and, and you, if you're not doing things to deliberately move um, things that, that they have contact with <laughs> to you, um, you will you're not going to contact the virus. Um, contact on the skin, the outside of your skin, does not appear to transmit the virus. You have to get to a um, an, an open opening in your body. That's let's be let's be um, um, you know, as, as generic as possible. It, you know, there's some indication it comes in primarily through the mouth, through the nose, or other openings of your body. The primary um, uh, way that it is spread um, in, in it, 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 being as it comes through an opening like that, um, the 1978-1981 uh, uh, risky behaviors statement, is a, is a good indication of where most of the transfer of these types of, 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 of viruses are occurring. Because it is a virus and not a particularly hard virus, normal virus treatments help. Vitamin C helps. One of the biggest things that helps against this virus is colloidal silver or something similar to that. This is what, the reason why the FDA and the CDC are throwing a fit over people telling you to use silver has nothing to do with health. It has to do with the fact that it will raise the demand of silver, causing the price to go up, and they are desperately trying to suppress the value, the, the, the cost of metals right now. Value they can't suppress, but they're, suppress, they're suppressing the cost. We're going to go into a period of time in this country where we're going to attempt 
to stop the virus from moving around so it can dissipate and people can process it. The travel restrictions that are being put in place are because people leaving the areas that the president has put these limitations on, they're not stopping and saying, making sure they're clean before they leave. And since you can spread this virus before you know you've gotten it, before you have any symptoms, before you know you've gotten it, there has to be a prudent amount of time where people stop and don't move in that direction. Um, it is a real threat. It is being taken advantage of by the Democrats. Unless anyone thinks that that is a, a rude thing to say, if you'll remember from your history books, the last two major pandemics were something called the Spanish flu and the swine flu. And, then, and what we got out of them was the Fed, compulsory education, minimum wage laws, and the rest of the things that were passed under the Wilson administration that we're fighting with for our freedoms ever since. Those occurred because of a quarantine from this type of a far worse flu, but this type of quarantine. Um, as an individual in the United States who's of reasonable health, you do not have a problem. There's nobody that is a, a healthy individual that has contracted this virus that's had anything worse than a bad case of the flu. It's only the people that are at risk that can develop the symptoms that will kill you. And so we have to protect the people that are at risk. That is part of what our responsibility as human beings are, and that is why the actions that are being taken by the government are being taken. Not because normal, healthy people will be in trouble, but because people that are at risk and don't have the ability to defend themselves will be in trouble. Dr. Peter Glick. And that is it. And again, it's interesting because, you know, after we, we listened to the video yesterday, and if, we, if you didn't catch it, I encourage you to go back and listen to the replay. Um, it was about a 22-minute long video that basically refutes the uh, viral theory completely. Um, and, uh, you know, again, this is a high-level attorney in the government who works for the government, but is not a government, you know, he's a contractor, not a, an actual employee. And this is the information he's been fed, that it was a Harvard, Harvard, you know, biochemist who was contracted by the Chinese to produce this thing. So who knows, <laughs> you know, it may be bacterial. You know, it might be something, you know, it's hard to say what's going on here, but it's not a virus per se, because we've already heard yesterday uh, pretty definitively that viruses are BS. You know, exosomes maybe is stuff that your body produces as it purges uh, the crap out of the system. It's detoxing itself, and the things that they think are viruses are actually just waste products of the cells. But whatever the case is, um, this is something that just didn't happen in a, you know, a wet uh, market in Wuhan, no matter what. You know, it's either a combination of a bacterial release of sorts, because, uh, again, the things that I'm seeing uh, from the uh, autopsies done by the Italians when this thing first got going, it was about, you know, May or June of last year when they decided to start doing these things, that they were seeing uh, a history of uh, bacterial infections in the gut, uh, as the primary participating event, 
of uh, the cases that were fatal. So basically, it sounds more like a bacterial uh, situation. And in that case, you know, we don't do virus or a, uh, vaccines for bacterial stuff because, you know, antibiotics and nutrition and things like that do the job, which is one of the reasons azithromax was one of, or azithromycin was one of the things that they were talking about using. And this whole this whole deal, you know, who knows exactly what's going on here? But the bottom line is, it's a big scam, and uh, it's you know stuff for public consumption to keep us wondering. I think, and I don't know that we'll ever really know exactly what's going on, other than the fact that it's being uh, used to further deplete the rights and uh, movement of Americans and people around the world, for that matter. And I also want to play this little 50-second uh, clip. This is a uh, classroom of uh, probably looks like 9- uh, and 10-year-olds or thereabouts in Israel. And these kids are sitting in this you know, school classroom. It looks like a classroom in the U.S. I wouldn't know it was a, an Israeli classroom unless they, you know, except for the fact that that's what the, the heading on the video said. And these kids are sitting there. They've all got their little face diapers on. They're not socialist distanced. They're, I mean, within... They're sitting right next to each other, and um, basically they don't look very happy. You know, they've all got their, like I said, they got their little face diapers on, and they're just like, yeah, you know. And then they are told that they no longer have to listen or wear these things and listen to what, you know, it's even better to watch it, but you'll get a good idea just from listening to the response. Here we go. I שבהחלטת הממשלה הוחלט שמהיום לא צריך מסכות גם בכיתות. Not only are they elated, but they immediately rip the things off their faces and tear them to shreds and run to the wastebasket and throw them all away. That's the jubilation that these kids, they, after a year of going through this torture, for no reason whatsoever, are finally told that they don't have to wear these things anymore. And I'll tell you what, I'm sure that happened in a lot of schools around the world when that was uh, announcement was made. And that video is also on the Telegram page, so I encourage you to check that out. So, you know, those are little things going on that we're playing with at the beginning of the show today. And, of course, the phone lines are open, so if anybody wants to call in, feel free. Um, I did have some things I wanted to cover here. Um, typical, more and more people dying. This one, Oregon Center, uh, excuse me, an Oregon senator's wife and 19-year-old college student among latest victims dead following bioweapon COVID-19 shots. And... Uh, Let's see here. Tragic stories continue to come, documenting the horrific loss of life and crippling effects of the COVID-19 shots, which many medical doctors and scientists are now calling bioweapons. Many of these are simply statistics reported to VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, where they may or may not be recorded by the CDC, 
But to their families, they are a tragic loss of life, and we will continue to put names and faces of these statistics of unnecessary deaths and crippling injuries following these bioweapon injections developed by eugenicists, Bill Gates, that cannot even legally be called vaccines. In today's roundup, we bring you the news of three deaths, including the wife of an Oregon senator, a young 19-year-old college student from Northwestern University, and an 18-year-old Italian teen whose death prompted Italy to suspend the AstraZeneca injections to those under the age of 60. Another Oregon woman who suffered blood clots in her brain, lungs, stomach, and throat, and is afraid to go to sleep at night. (laughs) Yeah, she's afraid she won't wake up again. Lawanda Manning, wife of Oregon Senator James Manning Jr., dies less than two months after receiving COVID-19 shot. This is by Brian Shulhavy, editor in Health Impact News. A Health Impact News reader has alerted us to the death of Lawanda Manning, the vice of Oregon Senator James Manning Jr., She reportedly died on June 11, 2021, and was fully vaccinated with a COVID-19 shot on April 16th, according to a photo of her and her husband posted on Instagram. And here it is, says, capture the moment, I got the COVID vaccine. (laughs) Salem Health Hospitals and Clinics. And they're just happy as clams. They're sitting there pointing at these little things saying, I got the shot. And Manning Lawanda, or Manning STL, Lawanda and I are fully vaccinated. Thanks to everyone who are working so hard to help Oregonians get past this pandemic. Of course, it says pandemic. Um, th- let's see here. Thanks, everybody, for your kindness. Uh, I need time to process this as my heart is so broken. Please keep us in prayer, which is this is a post from him on June 11th after his wife had died. Uh, lawmakers mourn passing of Lawanda Manning, wife of Senator James Manning Jr. Uh, Judge Kemp, James, I'm so sorry for your loss. Uh, Lawanda was a kind soul. You are in my thoughts. Uh, she was apparently well-loved among Oregon politicians, many of whom paid tribute to her life, although no mention of her receiving COVID-19 injection could be found in any of the news stories that I read. Lawanda Manning, wife of legislative aide of Senate uh, and legislative aide of Senator James Manning, uh, died on Friday, June 11th. Oregon Senate uh, President Peter Courtney announced Lawanda Manning's death in an email Friday. Courtney said the Oregon State Capitol lost one of its kindest souls. Lawanda was full of love, laughter, and joy. Whenever we went, uh, wherever she went, she lit lit up the room and brought smiles to faces. Generous and full of compassion, she always looked for ways to make life better for others, Courtney said in the email. Luanda was an incredible woman, wife and friend. My heart goes out to her husband, James. She was his rock. They shared uh, a strong bond. She will be missed. Senator Manning, a Democrat, represents Oregon Senate District 7, which includes North Eugene, West Eugene, uh, Santa Clara, and Junction City. Lawanda Manning served as his legislative assistant and administrative support and constituent-facing position. Uh, Eugene Mayor Lucy Venice said Lawanda Manning was an important booster for civic and social issues in the com- local community. Venice said her many contributions will be missed. 
the Oregon Legislative Black, Indigenous, and Other People of Color Caucus, in a statement said Ms. Luanda was her husband's rock and a mentor to all, a bright light to many staff, legislative members, and their families. She was not a woman who worked behind the scenes. She led out front as a leader in the community, chairing the Oregon Commission on Black Affairs, helping to usher in a historic wave of progress in the arena of civil rights and social justice. The statement read, Her legacy is built upon her steadfast devotion to progress the, and the unwavering love she gave to many lives she touched. Miss Lawanda is irreplaceable and will be deeply missed. She was such a loving human being. She was so deeply committed to our community. She was so intelligent and insightful and was just a pleasure to work with and a pleasure to know. It is a loss to our community and to our state, Venice said. And Governor Kate Brown, (laughs) socialist governor, all of our hearts go out to Senator Manning on the loss of his beloved wife, Lawanda. Uh, There is so much I want to say, but all I can manage right now is how much she will be missed. Our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family at this time. Again, shame. Northwestern University student appears to have died from heart inflammation linked to COVID vaccine. And a 19-year-old Northwestern University student died on June 11th, two months after she received her first uh, dose of the Moderna COVID-19 injection, and a month after receiving the second dose. While her doctors have not fully confirmed the cause of her death, it appears that Simone Scott suffered from myocarditis, something that afflicts mostly males, but it gets a female from time to time, too, and inflammation of the heart muscles. Northwestern Memorial Hospital doctors were able to obtain a new heart for Scott, but that lasted less than one week. Hmm. So I'm assuming it looks like she had the problem. They must have put the new heart in, and apparently the stuff that was circulating through the system got to that one too, from the sounds of it. The university appeared to have told students that she died from a heart transplant. Scott's death came weeks after a heart complication in May, which led to a heart transplant, the Daily Northwestern reported. Uh, Hmm, that's interesting. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Yeah, she got her first dose in April from the looks of it. So that would indicate that she developed the problem and they did the transplant to deal with the initial problem from the first injection, sounds like. The private university north of Chicago sent an email to the university community last weekend. She passed away due to pneumonia-related issues and was surrounded by her parents. And uh, the campus paper said, wow, surrounded by two people? (laughs) She just received her second vaccine shot on May 1st which means she must have got the first one around April 1st. Big, wrong, you know, big time to do it. Northwestern uh, journalism student suffered a case of apparent myocarditis-induced heart failure on Sunday, May 16th. Uh, former New York Times reporter Alex Berenson said, and he's the guy that's written all the, uh, the four books on um, the... Uh, COVID-19 lockdowns and whatnot, I've read all of them, and they are very, very good. Uh, well, I'm, I'm reading the last one, which is on vaccines, but it, it, what I've read so far is good. 
In a thread posted on June 14th, it appears that Berenson spoke with parents of Scott. And this is a tweet he put. Uh, 19-year-old Simone Scott was excited to get her second dose <laughs> on uh, May 1st. Now her mother, Valerie Kramer, is arranging her funeral. Wow. Medill freshman Simone Scott died Friday morning following a heart transplant. Vice President for Student Affairs uh, Julie Payne Kirchmeyer announced Saturday in a message to the community. Doctors appear to have repeatedly missed signals as Simone's condition worsened in the two weeks following her second shot before she abruptly crashed, Berenson said. His thread goes further into the details of the timeline. Scott received her second vaccine on her own accord, but her university does now have a mandate that students receive it before returning to campus. While the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention previously downplayed the risk of myocarditis from the COVID vaccine, it's now begun to look into reports further. The CDC is investigating 226 cases of myocarditis, the inflammation of the myocardium in the heart, and pericarditis, the inflammation of the pericardium among young vaccinated men, something that is very rare usually in those that age range. <laughs> People of heart inflammation post-vaccination or reports of heart inflammation post-vaccination in younger people began to appear in May. Camilla Canipa, uh, 18-year-old Italian woman, develops blood clots dead two weeks after experimental AstraZeneca shot. Beautiful young lady. Sestri Levant Liguoria in Italy. An 18-year-old woman is dead, prompting many young people in her area to cancel their previous plans for injections. Good for them. Miss Camilla Canipa received the first dose of experimental AstraZeneca viral vector DNA on May 25th. According to several Italian media sources, it was an open day for anyone over the age of 18 to receive experimental injections, particularly AstraZeneca. She checked into the emergency room at Lavagna Hospital on June 3rd, which was what, about eight days later, complaining of severe headaches and, extremely, and extreme light sensitivity. A CT scan and neurological test found nothing, so doctors discharged her with an order to return in 15 days for further tests. But Ms. Canepa returned to the ER at San Martino Hospital in Genoa just two days later. She now suffered from paralysis in at least one part of her body. Ms. Canepa was diagnosed with uh, cavernous sinus thrombosis, Ooh. meaning a blood clot in the space between the eye sockets and the brain. It blocked the primary vein between her head and heart. Doctors also discovered that she was bleeding inside her brain. Ms. Kanipa underwent two surgeries, one to remove the blood clot and the second to relieve pressure in her head caused by the bleeding, but the damage was too great to overcome. Ms. Kanipa passed away on June 10th. And that would be, let's see here, about, where is it? Uh, 15 days, roughly, after she got the first dose. Italian government officials announced to a very strange policy after the death of Ms. Geneva. AstraZeneca shots will now only be administered to people over the age of 60. 
In other words, they are fine with older people developing blood clots and dying from experimental viral vector DNA shots, but are protecting younger people. Of course, younger people have so much to live for. The people of 60 and over, yeah, they've already lived. <laughs> oh, boy. The policy didn't matter to the in the grand scheme. Hundreds of young uh, Liguria residents canceled their forthcoming AstraZeneca appointments as news of Ms. Kanipa spread. Good for them. And Barbara Bachman, or excuse me, Barbara Buchanan, 63-year-old Oregon woman, afraid she'll die any day now after several Johnson Johnson blood clots. Beaverton, Oregon, a 63-year-old woman, believed she did the right thing by obliging government and mainstream media coercion. She now fears falling asleep and not waking up on any given night. Miss Barbara Buchanan received the experimental Johnson Johnson viral vector DNA shot on or around May 5th, according to KATU Channel 2. She believed the one-dose J&J shot was the most appealing. According to Dr. Tenpenny, it's the worst of the three, despite the federal government's 10-day pause on the J&J use in April. The Food and Drug Administration and CDC jointly stated that the J&J shots caused blood clots. But they, like mainstream media, emphasized the words rare and very rare. Fauci, the Ferengi, advocated for the shots, and the government resumed injecting the masses with them. <laughs> Good grief. Everything seemed fine for just uh, for several days following the shot. In fact, Miss Buchanan did not even have the sore arm that the vast majority of experimental shot recipients report. But about a week later, she started coughing up chunks of blood. I think I'd rather have the sore arm. She told KG8 or KGW8 News in Portland that she also had a fever, cramps in her leg, and felt very fatigued. Ms. Buchanan went to the emergency room at Providence uh, St. Vincent Medical Center. Doctors immediately ordered a CT scan, because there's lots of money in those things, after listening to her lungs via stethoscope. Ms. Buchanan had blood clots in her brain, lungs, stomach, and throat. Medical personnel said the blood clots were caused by the Johnson & Johnson shot, but Dr. Ray Marino downplayed the situation, calling the blood clots very rare and encouraging people to get the shots regardless. They're very rare unless they happen to you. Then it doesn't make any difference how rare they are. You can then brag that you're one in a million, <laughs> if you live. Oh my goodness. Insider exposes Freemasonry as the world's oldest secret religion and Luciferian plans for the New World Order. <laughs> and of course they got Hillary Clinton's picture mixed in there. Oh my goodness. So anyway, there you have it. You know, the most late, latest, the wife of the Oregon Center. And two beautiful young ladies, one 18, one 19. Uh, one's a college student, the other one's a teen in Italy. All three of those dead, and the fourth one afraid that she's going to die any moment now. Absolute unbelievable. And yet, you don't hear a word about any of this on lamestream media. They have really mastered the art of covering of the cover-up. They're making sure that nobody hears what's going on. And uh, speaking of that, I'm trying to think if I've got that video file somewhere that I can play it. Um, let me look in my feed here. I also put a, um, 
a video. It's, it's not one I can play for the crowd because you really got to see the pictures. But it is a tribute to mothers who have died from the vac, you know, the injections, and it's on the um, uh, Telegram channel. I encourage you to check that out. And let's see here. Boom, 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 boom. Huh, interesting. McDonald's, sorry, after customer found fragments of human teeth in his McMuffin. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a freak out thing? <laughs> Actually, this is in, in Japan, I believe. But it was, you know, I would hate to find bits of teeth in my food. <laughs> that would not be good. Ah, here it is. Let me see if I can get this up here and play it. Uh, the CDC is deleting deaths uh, from the VAERS system. And again, this is something, it's on the, um, it's on the Telegram channel. And I'm just going to play a little bit here um, because it's like half an hour long. There we go. 150,000 deaths have been erased by the CDC, according to the latest VAERS research. We're going to be getting into what we know, ladies and gentlemen, but 150,000 cases have been erased from the VAERS system. We're going to be looking at examples to show you what we mean. Our first example is case ID 966236. If we go to the VAERS website and we punch in 966236, it shows us nothing. But just a few months ago, ID 966236 was attributed to a 67-year-old male from Florida who was given the Pfizer vaccine and died. That case is gone. It's been erased. Soil and green style. And it's not the only one. There are 150,000 cases, just like this one, that have disappeared. Now, if we enter in... 966-235, for example. The case is there. If we enter in 966-237, the case is there. So all of these numbers that you're going to see are in fact in chronological order. And they should all be there, but they're not. And so let us show you some samples, starting with the earliest known record to have disappeared, 916605. So if we look at that one, that one has not disappeared. It's come back. Seems like they've been busy. They're busy replacing these numbers. That's one thing that we've seen is that some of these numbers are being replaced. As we speak, they're busy trying to cover up the evidence. This one's back. It's incredible. Yesterday, we won't even tell you what we saw yesterday. Okay, so 916616 is still gone. But they're replacing these numbers with people that haven't died. 
so they're they're moving quickly. Well, we're going to show you some more examples here. But they're starting to get the drift that people are catching on. 916673 was another one that was flagged. That's back. And that person didn't die. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and stop there since uh, basically the gist of it is they have uh, data that's been entered. They're going through and removing the data of people that have received these COVID injections and died. And then they're going back and putting in information on people who simply had some kind of an adverse reaction but lived. So they're covering up the fact, and these, and these are cases that had been seen before as death cases. And then the data was taken out, and for the time being, the case number is left empty. And then they go back and fill in the information because now they're wives to the fact that people are seeing what's going on. But 150,000 cases have been deleted. And that goes back to what I've been saying all along, that with the VAERS system, and this isn't just with the COVID uh, bioweapons, with all you know the, the history of VAERS in general, that only about 1% of total adverse events are ever reported to VAERS. So if we're seeing you know, almost 6,000 cases right now where people have been... Um, given the vaccine or the injections and then have died shortly thereafter, we could be looking at 600,000 total. And the fact that they've deleted 150,000 already, that should tell you something. And that's just the, the, the situation of the government. And well, CDC is not a government entity. It's a private entity, but they're all complicit. And it's a, you know, you want to talk about conspiracy theories. This is not conspiracy theory. This is actual evidence of a true conspiracy where these people are conspiring to keep the public from finding out that these things are lethal, that they are killing people left and right far more than we thought. You know, I thought it was good, <laughs> but most people, they hear 5,000, well, out of the 100 million people <laughs> or whatever, 5,000 ain't much, but when you figure over five months and that actually over five months is closer to 500,000, that's 100,000 people a month that are dying from taking these injections or basically one in 10, maybe something like that. You know, it's pretty freaking wild. That these numbers are as high as they are and you know in a in a truly free society where we had a first amendment honoring free press this would be all over the place this would be the story of the century and people would be clamoring in the streets wanting blood from fauci and gates and all these other turkeys nancy pelosi and everybody pushing you know, all the lamestream media that are still continually pushing these things. You know, I was out this morning running some errands and came across several places now that, you know, instead, you know, because Ohio on June 2nd had uh, dropped the 
official mandate for masks. Not that I ever wore one. I haven't had one on the whole time. But now the signs are there saying, um, in compliance with the new CDC guidelines, um, if you've been fully vaccinated, wearing a mask is optional. <laughs> and then another one, if you're not fully vaccinated, please wear a mask. But the thing is, is they're not asking anybody, which is a good thing. But, uh, you know, it's just unbelievable that people are still, and, and I'm seeing people all over the place, still wearing face masks, even though there's no reason to. And it just shows the level of programming and outright um, indoctrination that these people have uh, succumbed to. It's just, it's a shame. It's a flat-out shame that people aren't more educated and looking into what's going on and, and finding out before they uh, do something, looking for a little proof. <laughs> but, you know, they don't. They, you know, and that's the thing, you know, they'll believe what they hear on the lamestream media, but they won't, you know, you know, believe what you're saying. You know, oh, I'm, I'm skeptical. I, I don't really believe, you know, you're not skeptical. You're a closed-minded conformist. That's what it boils down to. You listen to the CDC, you know, the uh, MSNBC and CDC and all these others. You'll do what they say. But if somebody comes up with information that has facts behind it, oh, I'm skeptical of that. I, you know, I'll believe any story that comes across the screen. But uh, if you've got something you're trying to tell me directly, I want to see proof. And then you still won't follow it. So Doug's called in. What's up, Doug? Hey, good afternoon. How you doing? How are you? Better than I deserve. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, better than have a bad breath than no. <laughs> That's right, by golly. <laughs> I've got the breath well, for radio, just like the face for radio. <laughs> so what's yesterday, up? Well, yesterday, you know, I uh, I think it was yesterday I called in, mm -hmm. and uh, part of you know part of the, the how the evil entities and the people and the people that do all this stuff. I mean, you have to have no conscience to do this. And yeah. well, actually, they have a a type of conscience that is it, it has it the intention to do well to steal kill and destroy right you know john ten ten. but we get part of their what they do uh you know it's the subtlety of it how they roll it out through the mainstream media it comes it, it tends to numb you down everybody me everybody but I'm very passionate about the things I stand for and believe in. And so towards the end of the show, man, this righteous rage came up in me. Uh, so I kind of awakened again. You know, when it gets to a certain level, it's just like, you know, it turns it on. I'm a very peaceful guy, but... If I saw someone abusing a child or something, I don't think I could control myself. I think I would attack immediately. And but so that's that's what I wanted to say about that. 
the other thing is, the other thing I wanted to uh, mention was that uh, audio that you played of the woman speaking, mm-hmm. the presentation, yep. which was just incredible. And what I realized from what she was saying, because this person is obviously not Fauci. She's not the top people in the WHO or the National Institute of Health. So if she knows this stuff, all the, you know, these people attention to murder, kill, and destroy, you know, uh, and steal, they know what they're doing. And this is what I realized yesterday, and it made me angry, because they know exactly what they're doing. They feign ignorance and, oh, it was a, just a mistake, oh, it was a miscommunication. Uh, we'll have to have Congress, you know, do a study on this for <laughs> yeah. $200 million. <laughs> uh, but but what, it sh- what it demonstrated to me, in my logic, was that these top scientific virologists, etc., they know exactly what they're doing. They they knew that what this woman spoke about when they concocted this thing. Absolutely, that's what I'm convinced of. Yep. You know, they know what they're doing. So anyway, that's my two cents. Appreciate it. Yeah, there's no question. Um, you know, Fauci, he was uh, he was part of the event 201 back in October of 2019, where they basically laid all this out, not to mention in 2017 when he was uh, gave the speech saying that uh, the Trump administration would be forced with a outbreak <laughs> and a pandemic. He knew what was going on and the reason why, because he's involved in all this stuff. You know, there's evidence now that the Chinese had their vaccines ready to go long before the first person ever was uh, uh, diagnosed with the Wuhan flu. And there's no doubt that we had the same situation here. When this first came out, there was indications that uh, uh, people had been checking the um, uh, patent bureau and uh, basically saw a a patent by, a, I forget the name of the company, but it was associated with, I think, Moderna and Bill Gates that basically showed a patent for a coronavirus uh, mRNA vaccine and also a patent on the actual virus, supposedly. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I had this stuff a while ago, but I can't find it right now, and there's no way I'd track it down in time. But I've seen the information, and it was from the U.S. Patent Office. Um and, of course, the CDC has uh, multiple patents for different uh, vaccines, and which, you know, if they were a government entity, they wouldn't be able to have that, which shows that they are not. They're a private firm, and basically people are led to believe that they are government. Uh, the whole thing is a big scam. And Fauci has been working with the NAID or whatever it is with NIH for, you know, since the 80s, I think at the, you know, it's been 40 some years, I think. And it's just, that guy hasn't seen a patient. (laughs) 
you know, when they came in wearing their little white coats originally for the press conferences that the, that Trump was having, it's like, what are you doing? You know, you ain't wearing it. You're not in a, a doctor's office. You're not in a lab. You're a freaking paper pushing, scheming SOB bureaucrat. You know, the highest paid person in government. And when you're up that high, the last thing you're worried about, you know, you're like a military commander when you're figuring the um, acceptability of the level of uh, casualties that are going to be happened for a specific battle to obtain a certain goal. And his goal is to make lots and lots of money selling these stupid vaccines in the background. And, you know, getting rich. That's why we call him Fauci the Ferengi. And it's all about the yeah, next deal. But, you know, these people probably have enough money already. Oh, yeah, but I it's never enough. Maybe the maybe the secondary goal is is to murder people. It's power and like money and, and, and killing people. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's just. it's all about control, power, killing people, money. You know, he wants to be on top of the heap and... You know, working with Gates, of course, you know, Gates is a big thing. He's got all the money he needs, too. But that doesn't stop him from wanting more. I think, it, I can't remember, it was either Rockefeller or one of the huge money people. How Somebody asked him how much is enough, and he said just a little bit more, you know. Uh, so they're always looking for more money. But in this case, they also want power. And in the case of Gates, his thing is to kill as many people as he can, you know. And that's his stated goal. So basically, you know, and, and for anybody in their right mind, knowing his history, why on earth would you take a, uh, an alleged vaccine from this guy when he's on record saying that one of the ways he wants to reduce world population is via vaccines? <laughs> it's unfrickin' real. But that's how people, that's how dumb the generally dumb public are. You know, Bubis Americanus has reached a whole new level of Bubisosity. <laughs> well, the, see, the mainstream media is the mouthpiece of the world rulers. And mm-hmm. so what ends up happening is they plan this stuff with think tanks or whatever, evil demons. Um, and they come out with the narrative, and then they put it out there. Oh, yeah. Most of the people buy it. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I brought this up to some. I kind of, well, I made a statement to someone two or three weeks ago, and I mentioned that this M, uh, um, mRNA is that what it's called? Yeah, mRNA. Yeah, messenger RNA. You know, th- yeah, that it changes the DNA. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I'm accurate with yeah. that. And That's they say, what the. Oh, it doesn't change the DNA. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's what it's made to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, anyway. Um, yeah, it's basically an operating system. It's reprogramming your your programming, which is your DNA is your programming, and it's reprogramming your DNA to produce the spike protein which will then cause your body to produce the antibody to the spike protein. And there's an on-on switch, but no off switch. So once you start, you never stop as long as you're alive. That's what Dr. Tenpenny and Judy Mikovits are all saying. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let me put it another way. It disarms your immune system. Uh-huh. So that it's subject to the programming in the mRNA. Yeah. Basically, Which from what Dr. Know. Tenpenny says... Well, the uh, the antibodies that you're producing for the spike proteins are so powerful that it overwhelms your immune system and any other antibodies you may produce for other things like the common cold or the basic flu or anything else. And that's where the problem is because when you're exposed to those other things, when you normally would be able to produce antibodies to deal with it, you now cannot because your immune system is so screwed up from this stuff that it kills you. And that's why it's designed well, it to be a slow kill a, two, uh, yard, two years down the road. What's that called a cytostorm? Is a cytokine storm. Huh? Yeah, cytokine storm. Yeah, and antibody-dependent exactly enhancement. Yeah, antibody-dependent enhancement is the other term that we're talking about here, where once you Which start is, producing these things, it messes everything else up. Which is uh, kind of very much like uh, cancer when it gets out of control. Mm-hmm. Okay. It takes over. Yeah. Most tumors, cancers, uh, a tumor, as I learned this decades ago, is your body's defense mechanism rolling this up into a tumor, into a ball where it's isolated but then our wonderful ama doctors go in and cut that thing open which is like supercharged with all this stuff and then they say oh it metastasized mm-hmm. so it spread throughout the body this is the same thing i i was saying earlier this isn't ignorant it's not mistake. These people know the science of, of killing people mm-hmm. because it feeds their industry. It, it uh, produces a, uh, a customer that has to keep coming back. Yep. It's crazy. Did you hear Roger's show today? Yeah, I heard most of it. Yeah. I actually uh, got done with my errands in time to listen in on most of it. Well, you know, one of the things that was brought up, I think it was by Harvey, but uh, nevertheless, you know, these people that have injuries, a broken ankle, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Using the aluminum foil. The main remedy is to put pins in, do their surgery, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, when people use the Silvalon stuff instead, the surgery wasn't needed right. and the stuff healed. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, unfortunately, over the decades and decades, I, I think, the well, people have been trained to believe that the doctor's the, the be-all and know-all of, of their bodies, and they don't take any responsibility to learn anything, to study for themselves. And I think as I was a probably a young boy, I don't remember, but I think the first 
show, was it Dr. Gillespie? I remember Dr. Kills there. That was that was a big one. Mm-hmm. Remember Dr. Kill Richard Ch- uh, was it Richard Chamberlain? No. But anyway. So Pete so Hollywood and the media, they work hand in hand yep. to program the people to believe in the white coat, quote, white hats, you know, people DMD. they know way more than you, mm-hmm. and just shut up, you do what we say, and uh, we'll make a lot of money, and we'll get our projected outcome from you. It's, this is evil in persona, you know, it's, yep. it's, no doubt. Very deceitful. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, I'll shut up again. <laughs> well, there's there's tons in the news today. Um, <laughs> I love this evidence-based medicine consultancy issues yellow card warning about the dangers of COVID vaccines. <laughs> A little late to the party, I think. <laughs> oh, man. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. warns that Fauci and Gates are committing mass genocide against humanity. You think? <laughs> That's been their goal all along. You know, mostly for Gates, Fauci, I think his, his big thing is making as much money as he can, as quickly as he can, before people figure out the scam. Because he's, he's doing the same thing now that he did back in the 70s and early 80s, where he was pushing, you know, panic over AIDS. And HIV, you know, it's the same playbook. In 1983, Fauci tried to spread mass hysteria over AIDS, claiming it could be spread through casual contact. And anything he can do to stir up, you know, the uh, the fears in, in the, the lemming society so that he can get them to, you know, jump on board. Because he originally helped develop remdesivir as an antiviral to fight HIV. And, of course, it didn't work for that either, and he's been passing it off for anything that would come along ever since. And that's why it was it was the big thing, which did virtually nothing, you know, with this, with this illness either. It's a piece of crap drug, but because he, had, he gets money from it, that's the one he was going to push. But only mildly, because even that couldn't do, you know, thank goodness it didn't do well for him, because that allowed him to push for the... Uh, emergency use authorization for these alleged, uh, you know, injections, uh, because the only way you can get those things is when there's no viable uh, treatment modalities otherwise. That's why they had to shut down hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and zinc and nutrition, uh, budesonide, all the things that, you know, have been proven to work uh, and now are, you know, being admittedly (laughs) that they work. Uh, but now it's too late. They've got their EUAs. Now what we need to do is start pushing to have those emergency use authorizations retreat, uh, uh, reversed. You know, instead of going for, you know, full approval, we need to get the thing shut down completely. Uh, but that's never going to happen, unfortunately. And I just noticed, Unplug put something in the thing here. It says, good afternoon, Sarge. Are there any statistics on the locations of those who have uh, died after receiving the shot? Were uh, most of the deaths in cities? How many were rural? 
uh, how many have been exposed to uh, 5G, perhaps more than others. Um, you know, I, all the VAERS reports that I've seen, um, they're very sketchy. And it's because it's either like a nursing home employee or a family member. Um, very little information is put out, especially on locations and things like that. So unfortunately, um, as far as the public record documents through VAERS, uh, not much information there. I haven't seen anything at all related to 5G exposure um, and the others as far as locations. I haven't seen anything like that. Um, I don't know if there's any further data anywhere, but the stuff that's in VAERS is very sketchy at best. It's usually just a short narrative. Most of the time it says that the whoever made the report can't be contacted for additional information and junk like that. Um, it's unfortunate, but you know that's, that's another problem with VAERS is there's not a whole lot of information other than just a short, sweet, you know, person, you know, took the shot at, you know, 2.15 in the afternoon at 5.30, they were dead or, you know, something like that. Or they, they spell things out a little bit. But again, some of them are really in-depth and others are uh, just a few words and that's it. But I have yet to see anything uh, regarding 5G or anything like that. I did see a video the other day that I'm kind of curious about. Uh, it was from a cell phone repair guy in Canada who was, had, had two open cell phones that were supposed to be 5G phones uh, opened up on his uh, workbench, and he was showing pictures of the insides of these phones and saying that this is where the 5G chip is supposed to be, and it's not there. And he's claiming that every single 5G phone he's opened up has been the same way and that they are charging extra for 5G when you're not actually getting it. <laughs> they're, pu they're putting the... Uh, the transmitters out there, but they're not putting the technology in the phones. So I don't know if that's true or not. I can't imagine, you know, the way phones are put together, uh, I would expect that, you know, the, the chip that's in there is for the entire transceiver. You know, the transmission, the receiving, and it's for all the different technologies available at the time. You don't have a 4G chip and a 5G chip in the same phone. You would have a 5G chip that will handle everything up through 5G and all the uh, legacy uh, levels as well. Uh, so I don't know if this guy is blowing smoke or if it's actually real. I haven't had a chance. I have a friend who has uh, uh, been working on cell phones for a while, and I'm going to ask him about it to keep an eye out you know the next time he's looking at some phones if he gets into a 5g phone to see what he sees but again this was in canada but it was an interesting thing that um uh yeah let's see here watched a video by a telecom professional who said 5g was developed as a weapon that would not surprise me at all <laughs> uh, but um yeah statistics would be interesting but unfortunately most of that stuff's you know, is so sketchy that I don't know that you can put together any kind of real um, uh, data to show whether or not, it, you know, I would venture to say the vast majority were probably in, you know, m metropolitan areas and things like that, but there's no, no way to say for sure. Uh, it would be interesting though, but uh, we just have to kind of wait and see how things play out. The bottom line is <laughs> it's bad juju no matter how you look at it. 
Um, let's see here. Some of the other things going on. Uh, where's that one I was looking at? Um, five toxins Americans are ingesting right now, leading to unnecessary suffering and early deaths. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> the COVID injections. But... Yeah, five toxins American ingesting right now leading to misery and premature expiration. Number one, COVID-19 vaccines. <laughs> Number two, CDC advice. Three, canola oil and other GMOs. Yep, four, fluoride. Five, prescription meds. That's that's pretty much the way I would line them up, too. <laughs> oh, man, they're pretty general, but yeah, that's that's pretty good. Stay away from the Frankenfoods. You know, in my lifetime, you know, I, and I've said this before, when I was a kid, I grew up, every single meal I ate was cooked from scratch. There was no such, the, the only thing that came in a box was Kraft macaroni and cheese. You know, you get baked beans in a can. And other than that, virtually everything else was pretty much made from scratch. Uh, my mom, when she made a cake, it was... I can remember her making cakes, you know, you would, the flour, you'd use baker's chocolate. Um, you didn't, you know, she, after a while, she got Duncan Hines and Betty Crocker and all those where you can make an actual cake out of a, out of a mix. But um, she had some brownies that she used to make. It was a scratch uh, recipe. And those things were absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> um, and now... Everything comes out of a box or a can or a Mylar bag. And when you look at the list of ingredients, most of the stuff in it is words you can't pronounce. And they're calling it food. <laughs> P-H-O-O-D. <laughs> uh, Franken-food. And that's one of the big problems is virtually everything we are ingesting is, is crap. It has no nutritional value whatsoever. And people are always talking, oh, I'm so healthy. No, you're not. You're only symptom-free. And you need to do a little research to find out what that means. But most people don't have a clue. When you say that, you're not healthy. You're symptom-free. They, they can't understand the difference. What's the difference between healthy and symptom-free? They don't know. And quite honestly, unless they ask me, explain that to me. You know, most of them, they just get this, you know, thousand-yard stare on their face. And, okay, next. <laughs> but, yeah, it's 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 absolutely crazy what uh, passes for food in this day and age. And um, therein lies a big part of the problem. Because it used to be you could get a lot of nutrients from your food. You were still not getting many minerals, but there were a little bit more there than there are now. Um in this day and age, there's virtually no mineral content in, in any of the things, except, you know, you'll see some aluminum, you'll see iron, uh, but there, even those are in lower amounts than they were 50, 60 years ago. Um, you know, you talk about the old deal with Popeye and his spinach. When you look at the level of iron in spinach now compared to uh, in 1950, per se, you know, say, uh, it's, it's several times lower. You know, because all of the farmland is being depleted and they're not, re, you know, farmers aren't paid to put more minerals into the soil. You know, they're paid by, you know, tons and bushels per acre. And they can get, 
a big, you know, harvest with three things, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. So that's what they put in. Nothing else. And it's, it's you know, it's showing in what's happening now. And the the diseases that are showing up now, and this is another um, thing that, you know, backs up what Dr. Wallach says. There's no such thing as a genetic illness. And supports his function, you know, saying that it's all nutrient-related because as the nutrition is depleted from the foods, you're seeing more and more and more of the so-called genetic illnesses, which are not genetic, but they're simply nutritional deficiencies. And the, the proof is the fact that if you talk to any geneticist and ask them, isn't it true that the idea behind a genetic illness is it's supposed to reduce as generations go on, basically the the genetic defects are, you know, survival of the fittest kind of thing. The genetic defects are run, you know, over time they disappear. The body gets rid of them. That's the idea, right? And they'll say, yeah. Well, then why is it we have now more of these so-called genetic illnesses than we had 20, 30, 50 years ago? And they can't answer that. <laughs> and the answer is because they're not genetic. They're nutritional. That's the whole thing. You know, I had somebody recently tell them, you know, they've got club feet that they claim runs in their family. It's genetic. And it supposedly is supposed to skip a generation, but it didn't. And I said, yeah, that's proof that it's not genetic, that it's deficiency in nutrition. Because as time goes on, Instead of having fewer and fewer and fewer club feet, because the genetic, the bad defective gene is getting weed out, you're getting more and more and more and more, which defies the whole idea of genetic defects, but it goes right along with nutritional deficiencies. And that's what people can't seem to understand because they have been brainwashed for so long by idiot MD saying, oh, it's genetic. You know, they, I said, ask them. I said, they've, they've, you know, um, they've, uh, decoded the entire human genome. So the next time you get a doctor tells you that it's a genetic illness, ask him, so what gene is it? Because if it, if it's, if it's genetic, they should be able to tell you which gene it is that codes for club feet. <laughs> it's actually a zinc deficiency. If I'm, if I remember properly. But uh, it's, you know, definitely a nutrient, a mineral. Anyway, uh, we know exosomes are used by cells in the, to rid the body of toxins and, and for cells to communicate. Perhaps the bioweapon, the, the rewrite of the DNA, overtakes the cellular communication and instructs the cells to overproduce the spike proteins, resulting in a cytokine storm. Notice how health professionals never call the show. <laughs> <laughs> I wish some would. It'd be interesting. It'd be a fun talk. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, we'll jump off that bridge when we come to it, won't we? <laughs> uh, fed up business owners in Baltimore threatened to withhold taxes until city increases police presence. Good for them. I'm not going to pay for something I ain't getting. Easy targets, water and power grid infrastructure across America found vulnerable to cyber attack. Oh, yeah. You know, for the longest time, they've been saying the power grid could be uh, fixed for the cost of one B-2 bomber uh, as far as, you know, making it safe against EMPs. But why don't they do it? Because when those 
transformers go down from an EMP, it's not something like they got a warehouse full of them. You know, they have to, each one of those things is custom made and it could take months, if not longer, to get them replaced. And when they all go down, look out. Hope you got a generator and lots of gas. <laughs> Pfizer pushes ahead with plans to push coronavirus vaccine on younger children, including toddlers and infants. Yeah, they're going down to like uh, two years old, I think, in China now. Absolute insanity. Mysterious plane flights across America may be flying in Chinese mercenaries and weapons as ANP readers warn of feelings of some very nasty headed, something very nasty headed our ways in the days ahead. That's some scary stuff there. Man. Chan Zuckerberg Institute funneled cash to Wuhan lab where COVID likely originated. Hmm. Imagine that. Zuckerberg, he puke. Wuhan wet market where coronavirus reportedly came from never sold bats or pangolins, according to a new study. <laughs> Imagine that. A pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> new study, HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, improves coronavirus infection survival rates by 200%. And that's the thing. You know, regardless of what is causing this thing, we know that there, there are certain things that have been able to treat it. And uh, we know a lot of nutritional stuff, you know, hydrogen peroxide, colloidal silver, um, chlorine dioxide, uh, nutrition, you know, the 90 essential nutrients, extra zinc, extra vitamin D, uh, that kind of thing. And then, of course, you know, and this is the worst part, you know, when you have the allopathic community that actually in this case came up with drugs that have you know have been around for 50 60 years have proven track records virtually no negative side effects and work quickly and inexpensively like hydroxychloroquine uh ivermectin budesonide inhaled steroid those things have all been around for years and years and years and years have been proven effective by people in the trenches that have actually been dealing with people that have this infection and had the lamestream media and the medical community not shut these things down, but instead, uh, you know, embraced them and told people this is the answer. This whole thing would have been over in a couple of weeks. Instead, we're still de dealing with it. And why? Because they have an alternative agenda that had nothing to do with curing a disease. It was all about control, destroying the economies worldwide, and everything else. And Unplugged is calling in. I knew he'd show up here sooner or later today. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good, Sarge. Just, uh, I just wanted to call regarding some of those, uh, some of those things that I've posted in the chat room. I, uh, sure. Yeah. I, I kind of think that that's, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but you know, knowing, you know, what exosomes are, you know, and, uh, knowing how, uh, they operate, uh, and also knowing of course how they, uh, somehow find viruses in Petri dishes. You know, yeah, <laughs> um, 
it seems to me, you know, there has to, you know, the, the, the big uh, idea, I think, with all these bioweapons is somehow to trick the body into believing that, that well, in other words, to communicate cell, at the cellular level uh, with this uh, with this uh, programmed uh, uh, bioweapon, you know, mm-hmm. that that's what it seems like to me. It, it seems like it's like okay, so we're going to rewrite, you know, how your body is going to respond, you know, to X, Y, or Z. Yeah, that's what the mRNA does. It's an operating system reprograms your DNA to do something that it's not normally going to do. And there's still, you know, no valid or no uh, provable uh, solution. Once you're stuck with this stuff, you're stuck with it. There may be some things that will help mitigate it, but so far none of them have been proven. Uh, It's only conjecture at this point. And the good news is the mRNA only affects the person that's injected with it. But the person injected now produces stuff that can then be transmitted to other people not for a permanent kind of thing at least at this point but they are working on some things that would change that uh that's the 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 scary thing for me is the alleged uh spreadable vaccines that they're talking about where they give it to a couple of people and then it spreads from those people to everybody else without everybody being injected and that does totally away with informed consent you could be injected and not even know it. Of course, you know, Johns Hopkins has already said that you could be vaccinated with the nasal swabs that they use for the PCR tests. And that's some scary crap, too. <laughs> Just another reason why I'm glad I never took one of those things. I was dead set against them all along. But the underhanded crap that they're coming up with, you never know from one time to the next what it is you're going to end up with or how it's going to be transmitted to you. But to sit there yeah, and create and something guess, that can be passed from person to person is unconscionable. Yeah, the uh, question I have, too, is, is you know, on a, on a cellular level, again, you know, uh, I think uh, I think it was uh, the show before yours, I think uh, Roger was talking about some stuff. I happened to catch a little bit of that. And uh, he was talking about, uh, again, uh, I, I think uh, he was talking about how the body is electric. Right? Yeah. The Robert and, O. Becker's yeah, study, the body yeah, electric and, and, and silver line. Myself, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff on this, but but I wonder how, you know, how does this affect the way that our our bodies operate at a cellular level, right? Because our cells are meant to operate at a certain voltage or a certain uh, frequency, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, and so you you know, you wonder now this bioweapon then, okay? How does that affect voltage and frequency and cellular communication, right? It probably changes it somewhat. There's no question. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, there's so many layers to this onion. Yeah. So that's that's the tricky part of it. There's just so many layers to this. Mm-hmm. And, and if, you know, because, well, I mean, you have to get into, you know, you have to get into cells and how they operate and what voltages they operate at and, you know, what, what frequencies uh, cells operate at. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, that kind of stuff. And it, it gets, I mean, when you think about it, you know, the, the common, the common guy, I mean, just, just trying to discern all this, it, it, it would take quite some time, yeah. you know, to, to try to get a handle on it. Well, that's, you know, that's the thing that, uh, you know, these physicians and, and, and scientists, whatever you want to call them, they all think that they've got, they found the answer. And, you know, when, when Watson and Crick decoded the, the genome, everybody thought, wow, this is unbelievable. And those two guys were put on great big pedestals. But when Watson came back out a few years ago and said, you can decode the genome from now until the cars and cows come home, it don't make any difference because all these illnesses aren't genetic, they're nutritional. And he was the rug was yanked out out from under him so fast that you couldn't see straight. He went from you know the top of the heap to persona non grata because he all of a sudden slapped these people upside the face and told them that their meal ticket was worthless. You know you can't sit there and study all these genetic illnesses because they're not genetic. It's what Wallach has been saying for the last forty years. It's nutritional, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, they think they know everything, and then the more, you know, it's the old thing, the more, I, the more I learn, the more I realize how little I know. And when it comes to the human body, that's why I'm opposed to anything going into my body other than proven nutrition and real food, because that's what I know my body's designed to run with. All these little pills and injections and everything else, I don't know what's in those things, but I know they're not natural. And I know oh, yeah. there's no reason for him to be in my body. And yeah, I saw. Uh, I think it was about an hour and a half long. I watched a video on, on Andrew Kaufman's site, and uh, he'd gotten into the AMA and the history of it and all that. And I mean, you you could just you know he just broke it all down. You could tell you know right away that the AMA was you know it, it was just conjured up just to you know just to make somebody some money. Yeah, you know. Well, that's the thing. You know, when you have, in any profession, you have the people that are honestly in the profession to do the job that the profession is there for. You have people that want to be doctors because they want to help people. They're misled into becoming MDs because they think they're you know, programmed their entire life that the MD is the head gyrasticutus of everything medicine, which is a big lie. But by the time they figure that out, they're usually invested in so much that they can't back out of it. But then you also have the other people in the profession who aren't necessarily there to, to do the, you know, the, um, uh, what's the word, um, oh, altruistic stuff. They're not there to help people and all that. They're there to make money and to be powerful and famous. And those are the people that end up in the AMA running things or in the um, unions for whatever, like the police union, the FOP or whatever. They're the cops that climb up the ladder because they're there for more power, more prestige and more money and more control. You know, the different kind of people. And those are the people that are dangerous. Those are the Fauci's. You know, he hasn't seen a, a patient in years. You can bet he hasn't been reading medical journals and he hasn't been looking into stuff. He's the one that sits there and pontificates from on high as to what everybody else below him should be believing. 
and it's all a yeah. bunch of crap that's can designed you, to make can, him can you more powerful. A conversation between Fauci and Dr. Wallach. <laughs> <laughs> Wallach would eat oh, his man. lunch. <laughs> oh man, I mean, he he would he would wipe the floor with Fauci, you know. You know, I mean, with half his brain tied behind his back, as uh, Limbaugh used to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's yeah, that's a thing. Uh, and that's that's why when these people are rolled out, I just roll my eyes and say, "Ain't no way," because they're not there as someone who knows what they're doing. They're there to represent someone who knows what they're doing, but they're not. They're just there to put out the official, you know, proclamations that you're supposed to follow blindly, without asking any questions. Yes, massa. Yes, massa. You know, whatever you say, massa. <laughs> I don't think yeah. so. I've and never it's like played these that guys game. Were trained in a silo, you know. They're, they're, you know, anyone who's trained in anything, really. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, you know, it, it might be obsolete the minute you graduate. You know, I mean, it, yeah. it's it's unbelievable, and it's not just that; it's the fact that all that information that you received, you know, you got from somebody else who believes that that information is correct. It yep. doesn't necessarily mean that it's correct, mm -hmm. you know, but yet you were trained in it. Exactly. Know? And that's, that's the whole thing when, you know, everything the MD is taught basically is to do, it's to push two things, drugs and surgery, neither of which do anything to alleviate disease and suffering. You know, at best they might prolong the inevitable and uh, just sort of, they, they mitigate symptoms and that's it. And it, you know, it has nothing to do with fixing the problem. And that's the thing that people can't understand both the doctors yeah, and the patients. Done, this thing that they've done now, though, Sarge, I mean, this mm -hmm. is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. You know, to, to create a bioweapon. Right? Yep. To me, that just, you just delegitimized, you know, your profession. And what's, what's really interesting is they created this story of a fake bioweapon so that they can get people to accept the real bioweapon. <laughs> and that's what's interesting. You know, the stories about this thing was put together in a Wuhan lab that, that does this, you know, that studies these things and gives a gain of function and makes bioweapons. You know, who knows what they did, but they didn't produce a virus and it was all fudged and there was nothing to it. But what they did was they scared people, you know, the generally dumb public into accepting the real bioweapon that they had ready and waiting in the wings all along, which is the alleged vaccines. And yeah, I mean, if, 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 uh, if the American people were to listen to that 21 minute, uh, video, you know, and there's others mm -hmm. like it, that's not the only one that's ever been made. But, yeah, but it's a but good it, one. I, I thought it was pretty effective in, in getting the message out, but yeah. if people were to listen to that, you know, they would go, Hey, you know, uh, that makes more sense, you know, uh, the, the fact that these, the, any virus and, and there's other people who've been talking about it, you know, Tom Cowan's been talking about it. Uh, and, uh, you know, the great reporter Rappaport, he's been talking about it, yep. you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and they all came out and said it, you know, um, now Tenpenny, I, I think she kind of gets into it a little bit, but, um, you know, she doesn't really go down that road as much as, say, Cowan or uh, or Kaufman do. But. Yeah, and I, I honestly think that the reason is, number one, you know, she realizes that regardless of what story they're telling, the main thing is 
to get people to stay away from the the injections. That's the key. You know, oh, yeah. whether whether this was, you know, a real virus or not is immaterial at this point because, you know, something's making people get sick, something's making people die, and that's the scary thing. But the real story is the injections that they're sticking people with that are killing people. That's the story that needs to be have the time spent on. We need to figure out exactly what these things are doing and if there's any way to reverse it once you've been stuck with it. That's the key at this point. Yeah, it is. And, and I, think, I think that's why I kind of post these inquisitive uh, kind of things because, you know, it just seems to me that, you know, you have to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that, things you've heard, now, you know, mm-hmm. since, you know, I'm not an expert, I never claimed to be, but, um, you know, I, I, I've done my fair amount, a fair amount of, of reading and, and, and listening on this, and I kind of put two and two together. And so my way of fighting my corner is just to say, hey, you know, uh, what if, you know, these exosomes, from the way that I understand it, and the way that I've heard it, um, you know, what if these exosomes, uh, are being used as a kind of a weapon in the body by, you know, uh, reprogramming the body to use them as a weapon. Well, I don't know if that's the case. It sounds to me more like the exosomes are nothing more than a byproduct of cellular respiration taking out the trash. It seems right. that um, what's happening is the medical community, the Fauci's, are basically alluding to the fact that the exosome is a virus. They're seeing something there, and like I said, it's the old thing where um, every time you see a fire, there's firemen. Therefore, firemen must cause the fire, when in fact they're there to put the fire out. Um, It's just how you look at the situation. And that's what we got going on here. But either way, the things are there, you know, they're always going to be there. There's nothing we can do about it. But what do we do about the actual infection and the alleged response for the infection that the powers that be are bringing out, which is actually more deadly than the infection ever started to be? And how do we get people to not take them? Guy, uh, you know that guy who uh, years ago, I can't remember how long it was ago, but... Uh, said that, uh, you know, he had uh, developed a way of dealing with just about all diseases by using frequency. Oh, you think in Royal Raymond Rife? There you go, yeah. Yeah, right. I've got a Rife machine. Interesting interesting equipment. Uh, the theory behind it is accurate, and Rife was a smart guy. Uh, he originally worked for Lights, uh, Wetzlar in Germany, and he built the first and only Blackfield microscope that was so good, you know, he was good at grinding lenses and stuff, he actually produced an optical microscope that you could see the size of the alleged virus. And um, and the beauty of it was, with an electron microscope, the thing that you're viewing is killed when it's bombarded by the electrons. Where with his microscope, you could actually see these things that were living and what they were doing and that's the interesting thing because, you know, everybody says that a so-called virus isn't alive per se. <laughs> so who knows what he was looking at, but the government came in and took those things and, and basically stole his technology. But he had 
based on what he was seeing through that microscope, he was, you know, bombarding these things instead with frequencies and documenting which frequency killed which, you know, it was bacteria more than anything. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was, you know, that was the idea behind it. But because of this microscope he developed, he was able to actually see what would cause these things to explode. And uh, that's where the theory came from. And then other people got a hold of some of his studies that were still around there and reproduced the machines and that kind of thing. And I've got one. It's called the Ultimate B3, I think is the official name of it. Um, and it, it does some pretty neat stuff. And it works. They've expanded on it where it's not just, um, it has uh, sound waves and uh, actual uh, like radio waves. So they're both uh, sonic and uh, electronic. Wow. And well, it's pretty cool. I had though, Sarge. I mean, you know, you were talking about, you know, what do we do to mitigate it now? Well, and I thought to my, I thought of Rife, you know, because I thought, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's on to something. You know, who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe it's something like frequencies. You know? Yeah, and I that's easily know. something just, that could that very out. well have uh, been helpful. And it's the first time, you know, since you mentioned it, it's the first time it really dawned on me. I should have gotten that thing out and played with it a little bit. But it's the old uh, Ella Fitzgerald in Is It Real or Is It Memorex where she hits a note and the glass breaks. It's the same thing. Right. You know, everything has yeah. a resonant frequency that will, you know, cause it to function and one that will cause it to cease to function. And right. it's just, just a matter of figuring out which ones work best for which uh, pathogens. But yeah, it's a very viable technology. Uh, unfortunately it's expensive. I bought my machine back, oh man, in the late nineties and it was like 2,500 bucks. So I hate to think what they are now. I haven't looked at them lately, <laughs> but wow. yeah, they're, you know, I was, I've been into this stuff for a long time, looking at all the different things out there. And, uh, I first got mine because I was doing survival shows and, uh, one Sunday morning there was a guy at our show that had one that was selling these things. And I had a uh, joint, I think it was my left thumb, the main, you know, the first knuckle that would click. It was, it was every time I moved, it would click. And I went in there and I talked to this guy. It was before the show opened and I told him what was going on. I says, yeah, sit down. And he dialed in some numbers. I sat there for about, you know, 15, 20 minutes holding one of these, these electrodes. And when I got done, my thumb wasn't clicking anymore and it hasn't clicked since <laughs> it was the strangest thing but i said i'm sold <laughs> and uh you know it's it they're interesting um you know I, I i haven't used it in several years it's just sitting in the case but um i still have it and one of these days you know i, I haven't used it because i haven't been sick <laughs> you know but uh, yeah, and there was a guy uh, I saw on YouTube a video, uh, Doctor Jerry Tennant, I believe was is his name. I've heard that name. And, uh, he had come up. He uh, his video is called "Voltages Healing," and just such an interesting video because he had uh, turns out you know he had some issues, and he healed himself using uh, voltage. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, so uh, he had. Uh, mapped out the uh, the voltages uh, in different parts of the body, right? And so, you Mm -hmm. know, he was able to, you know, like if somebody came in with a, you know, a certain problem, he'd be able to target that area with a certain voltage. Yeah. 
there have been a lot of people done it. Dr. Hulda Clark had a thing called the zapper. And um, basically you had little wristbands that you would put around your wrists and plug this thing in. It used a 9-volt battery. And the idea was it basically was cleaning your blood as the blood flowed through the the vessels underneath those uh, electrode uh, devices. And um, she claimed she could get, you know, all kinds of, you know, path- pathogens and parasites and all kinds of stuff. And a lot of people have used those things over the years um, for all different kinds of things. Uh, she passed away here a few years back, but... Um, the thing was quite, you know, quite the device, and it was very small, and I don't think they were real expensive. Uh, something you could carry around with, you know, this little, you know, kit box kind of a thing. But uh, never, never got one of those. Um, never really saw the need with all the other things I had. But, um, you know, a lot of people swore by them. Yeah, you know, lots of other things, too. I've, I've seen some of those survival shows, man. You had all kinds of weird things show up. <laughs> Little copper wire things that would sit on your head. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah his, uh, his explanation was interesting, too, because he would talk about things like, you know, like the teeth being, uh, he called them circuit breakers. You know, so if mm-hmm. you were to have like a root canal, then yep. you would be breaking that, that circuit because the, the teeth are part of a larger circuit, right? right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you had a root canal, and you would be actually breaking that circuit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, things like that. He called the, the muscles, he actually called them capacitors. Right? Hmm. You know, it, so your muscles were like a store a store of energy, basically. Yeah, right. That's why, you, you know, when you worked out, you know, you, you were, when you work your muscles, you're actually, you know, uh, recharging, in other words. You're, you mm-hmm. know, but yeah. I just thought that was that was really interesting the way that you know his take on it you know looking at the body from a voltage standpoint mm-hmm. as opposed to you know um, just you know something like a surface statement you know like, oh yeah oh, you know, vitamins and minerals well that's true vitamins and minerals but vitamins and minerals also have a charge to them yeah and, and so I, to me I think I think it all goes in like it's kind of like what Roger was saying. It, it's the body electric, really, and mm-hmm. you know all these things work to to maintain your health because we are the body electric. Here's here's something for you to play with. Um, I used to do this with my kids when I was teaching school. I'd uh, I'd have them hold a, a cell phone in their left hand and hold it against their chest, and I'd have them put their right arm straight out from the side, and then I'd have another student come up and push down on the arm, and you know, the weakest girl in the class, not that I'm picking on girls, but they just necessarily are naturally are less strong than the guys. I'd have the strongest guy and the weakest girl. The guy would be holding the cell phone next to his chest, and the weakest girl would come up, the smallest one would come up and just, without any effort at all, push his arm down. No problem at all. I told him, and I told him don't let her push it down. And she'd come up and just, boom, right down. And then I'd have him have him switch, but instead of her holding the cell phone, I'd give her a bottle of frankincense oil to hold in her hand, and uh-huh. he could not push her arm down for anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that stuff resonates. You know, the the good things resonate at a frequency that's positive and, and strengthens you, and the bad things like the cell phones, negative. And uh, yeah. it's it's a fun thing to do. I would say try this with your wife and. Do it with like a bottle. If you've got a bottle of Ultimate Classic, hold that in the hand. Put it up next to your chest. 
or have your wife do it and try to push her arm down. Too, if you're like if you're dehydrated, mm-hmm. you know, and you hold a glass of water or something like that, then you know you'll you know like start feeling better or whatever. Yeah, but you'll see with with something that actually has real resonant frequencies or more so, like uh, you know stuff that's good for you, the nutrition, uh, essential oils. Rose oil is the has the highest frequency of all of them, and it's amazing. <laughs> what this now, stuff now, can having, do having gotten into this though you know it, it, you know let, when you try to open pandora's box with you know with what they've done with these bioweapons mm-hmm. it, it seems to me i mean you know they, they've gotten in you know they're they're, they're at the cellular level okay they're, you know they're they're at the uh the nano uh the nano level we know that yeah you know? so so they've been doing all these experiments for god knows how long you know at the cellular level and at the uh, at the nano level and so, you know, to me, it's almost as if they're trying not only to, to mess with, you know, the DNA and, and cellular communication, but they're also, it seems to me now, messing with, you know, they must know something about uh, the, the, the body, the harmonics of, of the body, the frequency, the, you know, the, uh, the voltage. They, they, must, they must have that. They're learning voltage. more. And they're becoming more dangerous as time goes by. That's the scary part. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's like somebody that, uh, you know, takes two karate lessons and then goes and picks a fight with a group of Hell's Angels guys. You know, they learn just enough to get themselves in trouble. And that's why I don't listen to anybody in the medical community. Oh, we've got this figured out. You're dealing with the human body. That's God's creation. And he, you know, <laughs> there ain't no way you're ever going to figure it out. You know, and you're never, when you sit there trying to say you're smarter than God and you know better than he does, when he says, use this, this is what I'm going to use. I'm not going to listen to you, <laughs> you know. Yeah, God must be looking down and going, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't sign up for this, you know. Eh, you know, nothing's ever surprised him, but he still rolls his eyes, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's hard to believe what, you know, that these people have come up with, with this oh, yeah. kind of stuff. You and know, the now, thing is, is they I think mean, that they're so smart. At the cellular level now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The guy just says, you know, yeah, right. Uh, tell me your future it, plans. Uh, I, I think it's a good discussion because, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's things that, you know, a lot of people don't really think about, you know, but it, but it's things that, you know, you, you pick up as if you're concerned about health and you start, you know, uh, on your journey uh, you're, you know, you start gathering information. These things come across your, you know, uh, they just, it's just a natural kind of a segue, you know, into voltage and, you know, frequencies and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's something that most people aren't looking at. But, uh, you know, and that's the thing. Every, just like, you know, just like there are bad things like 5G and whatnot, there are also good things. And there are things that will counteract it. You know, there's natural things. There's a a product out there called Shungite that will really, you know, basically absorb all the garbage that you get around with uh, 5G and all the the electromagnetic spectrum that we're being bombarded with all the time. There's things out there that can help. And again, I still believe that the nutrition is a key thing because that's what your body's designed to work with. It keeps your cells healthy so that you can withstand all the crap that we're being bombarded with. 
And I honestly believe that there's a good chance that it will give your body what it needs to rid itself of this synthetic mRNA. You know, I think that the, the best chance that we have of dealing with this stuff is the 90 essential nutrients. Because that's what you're, the natural stuff your body's designed to use to maintain healthy cells. And, you know, I think that's the key there. You know, giving yourself plenty of it. Even if someone's had these shots, you know. Right. I still, I still think that, you know, if, if you're, you know, you should at least be trying to mm-hmm. give your body, you know, the 90 essential nutrients. It, it'll probably go, you know, a, a long ways toward at least keeping you, you know, somewhat. Uh, You'll at least help. survive longer than the average person. You know, if someone's going to die in two years uh, that have had the vaccine, this, these shots, you know, if someone didn't know any better and either got the shot, you know, they either voluntarily took it or were forced to take it, um, if they're doing the nutrition, I think they got a chance of buying themselves some extra time at least, if not getting rid of this stuff. But that's a discussion for another day because we are out of time. <laughs> so, Doug and uh, Unplug, thanks for calling in. Thanks for being here. Everybody else, take care of your bodies because the only place you have to live will be back tomorrow with Mike Gaddy, and we'll be talking something about the Constitution. You can count on it. It'll be good. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care, and God bless.